This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we've got Lawrence Briggs on, a real estate investor up in the Killeen, Fort Hood, Copperas Cove area. Hey, Lawrence, how are you? I'm doing well, Jordan, and yourself? Doing great. Glad we could get some time to get on here and glad we could talk about, you know, the city right outside of Austin, Colleen, Fort Hood, Coppers Cove area. I know a lot of people are interested in it. We actually have not had a guest on talking about the Colleen area yet. So I'm really interested to hear your experience. Could you tell everybody really quick who you are and how you're involved in real estate investing? Of course. Uh, so, hi, everyone. My name is Lawrence Briggs. I am a native of New Orleans, Louisiana, but I currently invest and reside in Central Texas, Fort Hood, Capers Cove, Killeen area, formerly a resident of Austin, but I kind of moved, got pushed out a little bit. <laughs> um, I actually started liking real estate um, as a kid. I mean, as cliche it may as it may sound, but I love the game Monopoly growing up. Um, I'm, I'm a competitive person against myself. And I've always had this fascination with money, especially receiving it and holding on to it and making yeah. more. Um, so I said, you know, when I get older, I want to like kind of play the, the real life game version of, of Monopoly. Uh, so I did the typical thing as most people do, went to college, got my degree, but I always worked in student housing. I was an RA on campus. Mm. I was always fascinated by houses, apartments, anything real estate related. And when I graduated college, I started working in student housing. It brought me to Austin, Texas, where I was working for two publicly traded student housing companies. And I was making investors millions of dollars. And one day I said, you know what? I can, I can do this myself. So I, you know, took a big leap of faith and moved about 45 minutes from Austin in 2018 to start my real estate investing journey. That's awesome. Yeah. What were those companies you were working for here in Austin and, and what were you doing for them? Um, so I was working for uh, two companies. One is going to be EDR, that's Education Realty Trust. So they were one of the big, out of the top five student housing companies, they're one of the big three because three of them are uh, publicly traded. So EDR was actually bought out by Graystar in a huge acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, and I also worked for American Campus Communities, which is publicly traded, ACC. So ACC is actually um, home of Austin. So ACC was uh, founded by Bill Bayless in Austin, Texas. And it's, it's still there, but I was working for EDR as a leasing and marketing manager. So pretty much I had almost full creative control of a high rise in West Campus. So I pretty much leased and market 
marketed properties for UT students. Um, and I loved it. It was fun. I have a huge creative brain. So that was what I was doing for EDR before it was brought out by Graystar. I was a leasing and marketing manager and I was able to have that property for about five years as well as fly out to different properties in their portfolio to help other leasing and marketing managers. That's awesome. I'm sure that's good experience for starting your own real estate investing too. Of course, it was great experience because I actually self-manage uh, my current rental property. And it's really interesting that my same systems and policies that I built, like me, that came from my mind, I'm able to now use those same policies and procedures for my rental property. Awesome. So you started in student housing and you moved up to Colleen. Why did you choose to, to move up to Colleen and start investing in the Colleen Copper's Cove area? It was by whim, completely, to be completely honest. Uh, I am a huge person of just acting on faith and not making excuses. Like once I make a, once I set a decree on something, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. Always as a child. Yeah. Always as a child, you can ask family and friends. They'll tell you if Lauren says that he's going to do something, it's not going to be a matter of if, but when. Uh, so when I moved to Austin in 2011-ish, I told myself in about five years, I wanted to buy a house. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to buy a house in Austin, to be completely honest. Sure. So when I moved to Austin at the end of 2011, going into 2012, you could get a house in Maynard for like 105, 110. Wow. So, <laughs> so I was like, yay, in about five years, I'll be able to get something like that, maybe 130, 140. Um, and I was approaching that five-year mark. Um, so it was around 2007, 2017, sorry, 2017 going into 2018. I was like, you know, it's almost that five-year mark. I need to buy a house. So I told my buddy of mine, who was actually my personal trainer, he became a realtor. This was his first year as a realtor, actually. Um, he said, he made a, he made a deal with me. He said, if you buy a house, you have to let me be your realtor. I've been your personal trainer for four years. Yeah. I've been your personal trainer for four years. You owe me that. So I was like, okay, sure. sure. So uh, 2017, at the beginning of the year, I said, I'm not going to renew my lease. I didn't tell my apartment complex that, of course, but in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to renew my lease. Only thing I'm going to do is just focus on buying a property. Mm -hmm. In 2016, I almost said the same thing, but I didn't pull the trigger. In 2016, I had the opportunity to buy a house in Maine for 125. I don't live in regret. I don't live in regret, but I don't, but that house is worth like four hundred thousand dollars, probably like now. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2016, I thought I was ready, um, and I, I really, I really, honestly, don't know exactly why I like got a little scared because I normally don't get scared. I think it was a, a real estate um, agent that I just didn't mesh well with. So I always am a firm believer of people working with people they vibe with. Yeah. 
Um, so, so luckily, this time around in 2017, going into 2018, I had someone that I knew, um, and I and I I felt that I could very much trust him. And I said I needed to find a house under a hundred thousand dollars. So you know, you you're, you're a realtor. You know, in 2018, where could you buy a house for under a hundred thousand dollars in Austin? Yeah, or Killeen area. Besides yeah. a dog house. Besides a dog house. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, okay, um, my budget is under $100,000. And my realtor, uh, Ken and Tesco, was like, hey, um, you know you can't find anything for under $100,000, not even maybe a condo. And yeah. so I was like, I just have to to, to find something that's, that's close. And we went online. And I knew Colleen, Fort Hood area. Um, was more af more affordable. Um, when I first moved to Austin, I, re I remember people saying that it, it was very much an affordable place, but I had no intention to move about 45 minutes out from Austin. And I just started Googling <laughs> and looking on the MLS with my realtor. And we found the area of like Fort Hood, Carpenter's Cove area to buy a house under $100,000. Um, my bank account, didn't look like I was going to get a house for $100,000. I didn't have the, the best credit mm -hmm. at that time. I had just switched jobs because of an acquisition. The company I was working for was oh. bought. Yep. So I was at an hourly rate. And I say, you know what? On paper, you know, it may seem like the odds are against me, but for some reason, I need to do this and I need to do this now and not wait. Yeah. Interest rates were high. Yeah, interest rates were quote unquote high. Um, I don't really tell people my goals and stuff because, you know, uh, unfortunately people can be naysayers or, you know, I just like to to, to have what I wanna do um, just safe um, sometimes. And, but I would hear people talk about, oh, don't buy because the interest rates are high or that house is too high, that house is too expensive, and no one would ever rent that out there, or no one would ever want to buy out there. And I was like, nope, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna um I'm gonna get it. And the reason um reason why I said I chose the area was for two reasons. One, it was where I could buy a house for under a hundred thousand dollars. And then two, it was still close to family. Um my family in 2007 relocated to to Texas, to college, Texas, because my sister was getting her PhD um, in juvenile forensic psychology from Perry. But unfortunately, in 2007, she was killed by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that that's what brought us to Texas because of um, being you know, in the bigger pockets community or just in the real estate community, people are like, okay, well, you're from Louisiana, you're from New Orleans. Why are you in Texas? Like, why did you come to Texas? So it was a family tragedy that brought me to Texas. So um, like I said, I wanted to find a house that was under $100,000 that was still close to Austin and College Station in Houston where my sisters and my mom reside. Okay. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what, you know, what, what type of real estate investing you've been interested in in the last few years and then just what kind of what kind of deals you've done? Okay, of course. So I've always been fascinated with single family houses. Um, yeah. I've always loved them. 
Um, I don't know why. I, I think it was my upbringing, bringing because um, I was raised by a single mom. I was born in the projects of New Orleans. So I was born into poverty. So neighborhoods and single family homes were beautiful. You know, in my little mind as a kid, I thought, you know, that was the American dream, the white picket fences, the little houses, like there would be no crime. Everyone is all good. There's all good people, which is not the case, but yeah. it was better than hearing gunshots in the projects, you know, yeah. and seeing drug dealers and, you know, um, people who unfortunately were not living uh, the, the best life. Um, mm -hmm. So I've always been fascinated by uh, single family houses, even though I've always worked in multifamily. So I thought about house hacking. <laughs> I have like a bittersweet thing with that. So um, I thought about doing that when um, I was about to buy, but because I have a student housing background, I used to live with like students. So I used to always work where I live, even though I had, had an apartment. Oh, yeah. So um, I used to get free rent at certain complexes that I worked at. So I just didn't want to, I had outgrown grown living next to somebody to be completely yeah. honest. It's a personal preference. However, I would tell people if they, if they are listening and they are comfortable with house, house hacking, house hacking would be would be the way to go to uh, to be able to get you know more doors fast and, and scale up really fast so i definitely would um, encourage people to do that so back to the question at hand single family homes i was always interested in those my first deal was a single family home in the fort hood colleen coppersville area it is and i still have it it's my primary residence it's a three bedroom one bath home with the garage um if you add the garage it's about 1200 living 1200 uh, square feet about a thousand living uh living space there's a corner lot there's a corner lot and it's one ninth of an acre so i have about maybe nine ten thousand dollars nine to ten thousand um land square okay. footage of land Nice. And like I said, it's a corner lot, three bedroom, one bath, 1,000 square feet, um, a garage, because I know a lot of investors like to know the nitty gritty of it. Garage, corner lot, one ninth of an acre, about 9,000 square feet. And I still have that. This is my primary home. I bought that house for $68,000. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, yes. I know. I know. My investors are gonna. They want. They want numbers. They want to know how. They want to know the backstory. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Exactly. So I will give everyone a disclaimer. Um, this house was in. I purchased this house in November of two thousand and eighteen. So we are definitely not in the same market <laughs> as oh. far as pricing and stuff of that nature. So I purchased this house in. Uh, November 2018 for $67,999, $68,000. Mm -hmm. No one wanted it. It was on the market for 150 something days. Wow. It was on the market for 150 days. Um, I was able to get about 3% of my closing costs mm -hmm. paid by the seller. And 
there was just some minor um, plumbing issues. It was just time for the plumbing, the piping to, to be replaced. It was old cast iron piping. Um, so PVC, PVC piping, I think they call it. Yeah, yeah, for the drain lines, PVC. Yeah, so it was just it was recommended in the inspection that it be replaced to that. I still could have bought it without getting getting it replaced, but me and my realtor were like, hey, let's let's just throw it in. And so <laughs> the sellers were like, if you raise it, you know, because I was about to get the house for 65 with 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 sixty-five thousand dollars with with um three percent closing costs. But when we were when we wanted to, you know, roll in the plumbing, they just upped the price. So we upped the price for sixty-seven nine nine. Nice. I, I used three percent down. Three percent down. Three percent down. I used the uh, Freddie Mac Home Possible loan. Awesome. Because my income was low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my I, I mind you, I just said that's why I say everything happens for a reason. I have jobs. Um, what I was making prior, uh, before, which was still, which was still a, a, not a big salary, but I used the three, I, I bought the house for 3% down with the Freddie, Freddie Mac home possible loan. And that was in 2018. Yeah. So it was on the market for 150 days. Nothing really was wrong with the house. Mm -hmm. It was just, people were so focused on, sound bites, media sound bites and clickbaits of like don't buy and interest rates are high or stuff of that nature, but nothing was wrong with the house mm -hmm. at all. It was a rental for um a good amount of time and, and a real estate investor was deloading um real estate investors. There was a couple they were deloading their properties and um they actually uh did a, a rehab on it. They fixed it up like original hardwood flooring, granite countertops. It was moving ready. Yeah. Turnkey. That's an amazing price for something in that kind of shape too. That's awesome. Hold on one second. Yeah, no, it's hard to find a good deal like that. Um can you give our listeners some advice on how to avoid a bad deal like i know everybody that's done a few deals has said hey you know i probably wouldn't do that again and i, I really liked how you talked about in your last deal how you you increased the price just a little bit and had the seller fix some some bigger issues that were could be wrong with the property later on down the road but do you have some advice on how to avoid a bad deal for newer investors well i would always say run your numbers and I always would say that run your numbers. And if you're a person where you don't really know how to run numbers, I would say that's where having a good real estate agent who is investor friendly, mm -hmm. because we all, we all know that every real estate agent is not the same. Yeah. Um, so you, de <laughs> so you definitely want to have um, a real estate agent who is investor friendly. I was my agent, my real estate agent. I was his first investment investment client or investor client but i knew my numbers from like prior research from bigger pockets and different podcasts like your like this uh austin real estate podcast so i would say know your numbers and buy every property like it's going to be an investment property like, like think that. about it yeah buy every property because mind you this was my first deal i just bought my second property in february okay and we can awesome. talk about that later 
Yeah. Um, so, so that was my first property, but I went in as, would this be a good rental? Mm-hmm. Whether it be one year of ownership, five, 10, 15 years of ownership of primary resident, if I was to leave, would someone want to rent this? Okay. And I think that's how you definitely avoid a bad deal because if if the numbers are saying, and even if you don't know numbers, if you can look around and you're like, well, that's a good school district around here. It's in a good school district or it's in walking distance of a nice park or it's an area where everyone wants to, to, to be at, you know, that should tell you that it will make a good rental. And if you do your research and you do your numbers and you, you have your own set of rules of what you want on returns, then that's icing on the cake, you know? Because of course, as an as a novice investor, but well researched, I have my set numbers that I want now. Like in 2018, I didn't really know what cash on cash was and yeah. and, and all of this stuff and and, and, and and cash flowing and all I didn't know all this. I just knew that this is a nice house and somebody would rent. I didn't go in as a regular retail buyer amazed by how pretty the color of the paint was or how beautiful I don't know baseboards were I, I don't know just simple stuff I went in like oh this is a three-bedroom this is perfect for a single person that will get married and have kids it's a corner lot so it's, it's less privacy it's a huge backyard so they can have their dogs out they have dogs they have a private patio they can jog to the park in less than two minutes and then when you become educated on investing, you can attach a number to it and say, okay, so this is a rental and this is worth this amount of money. Yeah, I like that. Um, could you, so you, you just mentioned, you know, you're talking about your first deal here, but you said you just bought your, your second rental in the Colleen Copper's Cove area. Can you tell us mm-hmm. about that one and, and, you know, why you decided to buy that one? Of course. So I had went in the mind frame of similar to what people would do with house hacking, like buy a house, live in it for a year, move out, buy a house, live in it for a year, move out. That was that was my goal because right now I'm single with no kids. So it was perfect for my lifestyle and the type of work that I do. I'm able to pretty much uh, find a job quick. So that was my goal. So um, like I said, I purchased November of 2018 and I was like, well, every year I can buy a house and um, the pandemic happened and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I could not really find anything worth me moving out of my primary into another one. Mm-hmm. It really didn't make sense on paper with the numbers. Yeah. So that, 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 that drove me to start looking for a property that was going to be on paper, truly an investment property. So um, in 2020, I was, um, I started working, doing food deliveries, saved up a lot of money that year. (laughs) Yeah. And I was looking for a deal between kind of all of last year uh, because I gave myself 2020 to stack money. And so in 2021, I'm like, okay, I need to find a deal. Uh, ironically or surprisingly, I found the deal while I was doing delivery. So self-consciously, I was driving for dollars. Mm-hmm. So I would drive these neighborhoods doing food deliveries, and I would be able to, you know, analyze the neighborhood. 
and literally the street behind me, I ran into a, or fell into a property that became vacant. And it became my first true investment rental property and my second property overall. So that property is a two bedroom, one bath house. Um, it has a huge lot. That one's probably about around one ninth of an acre as well. It, I got it at the right time because a tenant had just moved out and the owners were real estate investors and they did not know what they wanted to do with the property. They didn't know if they wanted to sell it or, or rent it out. And so I was like, hey, I'm a, I'm a new investor. Like, I would love to buy. And I went on the contract December of 2021 and I closed February 9th on that property. I got that property for under $75,000. That's awesome. And With 4% interest rate. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's really great. Um, so that's in the Colleen Copper Scoberry. How did you find that property? So I was, I was, I was uh, doing food deliveries, essentially driving for dollars. Um, there was a contractor that was outside. I thought he was the owner. I was like, hi, are you the owner of this property? He told me, no, I'm not the owner, but I can give you the owner's contact information. Oh, so cool. that was perfect because I didn't have to do mailers or, or try to find who the owner was. I literally was handed over the, the owner's information. And I always tell people you can win more bees with honey than vinegar. Yeah. So I bought that property off market, which last year in 2021, people were old, like, Retail buyers were overbidding and bidding wars and price wars. Now, it took some time. It took about two months of me talking with the owners. And, and they were like, okay, let's make a deal. We did the deal off market. Um, at that time, I, like I said, I went under contract in December of 2021. I was already pre-approved and I was able to lock in my rate. So February the 9th, I had to do a rate extension, but it was worth it because my rate would have went from 4% to like almost six. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge jump in that little period yeah. of time. It was wild. So I, exactly. So I found, I found that house driving for, for dollars and it's, it's a rental property and um, it, it's cash flowing really well. I've had, a, I've had tenants in that property going on three months now. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so that's, that's your second rental property in the typical clean area, sorry, clean Copper's Cove area. Uh, what's next for you, Lawrence? What, what are your long-term goals and what's your vision for yourself in real estate in the long run? So you, you've already come so far. You said you, you, know, you grew up in, in lower income housing in New Orleans and apartments, mm -hmm. and you've got some houses in the, the clean Copper's Cove area. You've got some multifamily management experience. What's, what's your vision for you long-term? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. So, wow, that's a good question. Um, it's always, Sometimes it's always a, a surprise because sure. I don't like to reveal too much, but I do know that it is a, a podcast and, you know, it, it 
it hopefully it will help someone oh yeah you know absolutely. to hear about other people's vision yep. for me i would like to have at least enough properties to achieve financial freedom mm -hmm. so that's a that that would be a different number for for each person yeah uh, so for me I, I would love to have at least 10 properties or 10 front doors i think yeah. that's a very obtainable goal because i already oh, yeah. have two so eight more to go <laughs> yeah i don't know if that would be a mixture of duplexes fourplexes or, or continue to buy single family but i would say the biggest goal would to have it's a personal goal to have at least 10 10 10 10 doors and um you know hopefully it will allow me to be financially free if not very very close to it i also um like educating people on financial literacy i think that there's so many things that we were not taught in high school oh, yeah. or just in or just in primary education like you know not not people don't know how to do their taxes <laughs> you know like we, I was, I put this on Twitter. <clears throat> I said that I find, I, I said that I said, I find it ironic or strange that in high school we can leave knowing the quadratic equation, but not how to fill out a, a how, to, how to fill out and read a 1040. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know how to do, and that's simple pluses and minuses. You know, taxes are really pluses and minuses. There's no finding an X. There's no formulas, checks and balances. So um, I, uh, I recently um, launched uh, College Boy, which is like my, my YouTube channel and it's an Instagram, it's called College Boy. It's actually the nickname my sister gave me who was killed by a drunk driver. Her and I were very close, I have six sisters and um, her and I were like the huge nerds. So we would talk about financial literacy. So that company, that financial literacy movement it's an inspiration of her and, and to uh, remember her. So I would say my goals would be get as many doors as possible, cash flow well, and then just spread knowledge. You know, I always tell people that in this world, in this world, there's enough wealth for all of us. Oh, and yeah. I feel as though um, as investors, like you're an investor, I'm an investor, you know, it's always better to uh, believe in collaboration than competition. I'm a huge believer of, of collaborating with people. So yeah, get more doors, educate people along my journey, and um, continue to collabor collaborate. I really like that. I love the financial literacy and the education of others because, you know, like you like you mentioned, we're not taught any of that in school and we got to go out and learn that. And there needs to be just all sorts of outlets for people to easily learn the things that that should be common, common knowledge taught in school that aren't, you know, we we all know history. We all know English. We all know, like you said, quadratic equations that we'll never use. But Nobody ever taught us how to do our taxes or how to balance a checkbook or, you know, if you're lucky, maybe somebody in your family taught you some of that stuff, but the school yeah, didn't teach you anything. Exactly. You know, it, it, it did, did not teach you like not, you know, like, yeah, like even working in student housing, I remember teaching students how to write their first, fill out their first money order. Yeah. They're like a money order. What is that? A, a check, a cashier's check. What is that? I'm like, oh my gosh. And also ways to apply 
percentages because yes, we're we're taught percentages in in, in in primary education, but we weren't taught how to, you know, understand interest rates. Like how does that how does percentages apply to a credit card, mm-hmm. or how does percentages and in interest <laughs> apply to student loans yeah. or car, you know, cars and whatsoever. So a part of my movement is to try to bring not only financial literacy to all ages, because I feel like, you know, there's people, there are people in their 60s plus that don't properly understand financial literacy, but to bring it into schools, you know, I I foresee, you know, maybe summer camps or some type of programs where I can go into middle schools and high schools and teach them about financial literacy because what we see and hear in the world is so much sound bites and scarcity, you know, like don't buy, don't buy. And um, going back to the first house, um, I just want to like let investors know or anyone that's not even an investor, they just want to buy a house. If you can afford it, do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a saying, it's not my quote, but there's a saying that says, don't buy real estate, don't, uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real, buy real estate and wait. Yeah. And did I have, did I have a, did I have a 2% or a 3% interest rate in 2018? No, I think my interest rate was 5.125%, but it was on $68,000. I just received a desktop appraisal, not even an in-person appraisal. I received a desktop appraisal and my house is now worth around $150,000. So that property doubled. Yeah. That prop in in three and a half years. So if you all are watching this, this is June 1st, which is, um, which is, not financial literacy month. We just had that. June first is National Home Ownership Month. Oh yeah. So June first of 2022, my house doubled. I bought the house November of 2018. So it's not it's not even four years yet, and the property doubled. So now I have equity in the house that I can use. You know, do a HELOC on it, which is a home equity line of credit. And I can use that to either be a cash buyer or to, to use it as a down payment. So had I waited, you guys who are listening, it's simple math. Would you have wanted to pay 2% or 3% on $150,000 with no equity? Mm-hmm. Or would you have wanted to pay 5.125% on $68,000 with about Sixty thousand dollars, eighty to twenty percent loan to value equity. Yeah, that's I awesome. don't know about you, but I would take the five percent on sixty-eight with monopoly money of like almost sixty grand to go around and play with. Yeah, and then like you said, you can take that equity out of that property and deploy it and, and buy more properties and and do the same thing over and over and over. And yeah, you know, you're you can really. You you can gain so much control by buying real estate and just waiting because you get the loan pay down, you get the appreciation, you get the tax benefits, you know, you get all that stuff. And and then you could take that equity later and go do something else. You know, maybe you paid down the loan. Let's say you bought it 
and then you just paid down the loan X amount, then you can redeploy that money later. But you bought it, not only did you pay down the loan, you also got a lot of appreciation. And now you're able to use that equity to do something else if you want to. So that's awesome. Uh, Lawrence, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people? Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. Um, See, you got some. Behind. I always, yeah, I have a lot. Um, I would probably say Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think yeah. that's almost in every investor's uh, little treasure, treasure chest of knowledge of investing or their bookshelf. I would say uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I actually was introduced to this book way before um, I knew about like bigger pockets or any type of real estate investing. Um, I think I was in a library when I was in high school and I was looking up, looking up, I think I literally was looking up money about books about money, <laughs> oh, yeah. how to make money and, um, rich dad, poor dad, um, that book popped up in the library. So I've come a long way. I actually own it, but I had to rent it in high school because I was broke. <laughs> that's awesome. But I would say that's, that's cool. I would say that's probably my go-to would be rich dad, poor dad. I try to read it every, if not cover to cover every year. I try to go back to certain parts of it. My favorite part of that book would be don't tell yourself you can't, but how. Like, yeah. don't tell yourself you can't, but ask yourself how. Yeah, how can I? And that I? was me. In, how can I? Yes, sir. And that was me in 2020. I said, wow. It's been two years, and I told myself, every year I want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And I was about to, as a human being, say, well, damn, I, how? Like, how can I? How can I? And that's when I started doing food deliveries. Um, and I worked, you know, I, it, it was not easy. I worked 20, 20, some days, seven days a week on top of a full-time job. Sometimes I would do food deliveries to midnight, 1 a.m., wow. gave up Saturday and Sundays. Yeah. But, you know, when you buy an investment property, um, I had to put 15% down. That's another thing. So um, I had to put 15% down because I was a single family, non-owner occupied. Mm -hmm. So it was not cheap. Well, and you found the deal. You made the money to put into the deal by driving and then you also found the deal by driving i used to deliver food too and you see all sorts of crazy stuff when you're you're running you, around you do yeah. you do sir and, and you'll be surprised because you're like oh i didn't realize this neighborhood was not like this it's not what i thought it's either not the best during yeah. certain days or, or hours or oh my gosh it's a really good neighborhood it's really nice or whatsoever and um, that property was a win too, because like I said, it was the, the, the rental property, the second property was a win because it was off market, which we all love a good off market deal if we can get them. So less competition and it appraised for $12,000 over the asking price. So I went into the, I went into the deal with equity. 
on that well, one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And all you have to do is drive by and ask somebody. Exactly. So cool. Uh, Lawrence, and could you, what's the best way for people to follow you? And could you please repeat the YouTube channel too? I really want people to be able to get a hold of that. Yeah, of course. So on Instagram and Twitter, I am Lawrence, common spelling, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, underscore Briggs. That's Lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, underscore Briggs. And that's my Instagram and my Twitter handle. My YouTube channel, I don't have enough subscribers yet to have a custom one. So if you guys could locate my channel and subscribe, it will be greatly appreciated. But if you just go to YouTube and type in Lawrence Briggs, you'll see me, you'll, you'll say college boy. Um, I have a bow tie and a big Kool-Aid smile, <laughs> a big yeah. smile on the uh, on my channel. But yeah, it's going to be Lawrence Briggs, common spelling. Uh, you'll see college boy. You'll see me with the bow tie, smiling. And that's my, my YouTube channel. And I, I hope to put out some an amazing content with you all. I may do some interviews. So hopefully, Jordan, you can return a favor and I can yeah. interview you. Let's do it. <laughs> and all the th great things you're doing in Austin with the Moorhead team. I see, see all types of content from you guys, which is amazing. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And we will uh, we will put this in the show notes, guys. So everybody go to Lawrence's YouTube page and subscribe so he can keep building that presence up. And then, of course, uh, Twitter and Instagram. All right, Lawrence, last question. What is your favorite restaurant in the Colleen area? In the Colleen area. Or Austin. Either one is fine. Colleen, Austin. So my favorite restaurant in Austin was Freeman's barbecue yeah and west campus i love that restaurant because it was down the street from my property in west campus and all of the millionaires who were my investors at the property would take me there for doing so well <laughs> nice. on leasing but i but i've heard that um that they actually closed down, that Freeman's um, in West Campus actually closed. I haven't really been in Austin a while, in a while because of like, you know, COVID and all of that stuff. But that was my favorite restaurant. I'm a huge barbecue person. And the, in the Colleen area, I, I just go to like Chili's, but I would say Freeman's. Um, do you have a favorite barbecue place that you can recommend in, uh, in Austin? I know people like Stubbs. Stubbs is great. You know, uh, obviously Black's is great, but, um, I just go to Rudy's a lot, honestly. It's so close and easy. You know, it's, it's five minutes from our office. It's quick. It's easy. It's delicious. Um, Rudy's style sweet. There's so many, there's yeah. too many, too many good yeah, barbecues. Sure. I would say as a backup restaurant, because readers or viewers and listeners may want to go to a restaurant, Torchy's Tacos. Yeah, love Torchy's. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on today. We will have this up here shortly. And everybody go check out Lawrence Briggs on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Twitter. All right, Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on. 
Thank you. Sorry, I was sweating in my house. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Have a great day, and we will talk here soon. Okay, cool.